Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord today? I sure hope you are because I am ready to give it. We are, we are in a series called Winning in Relationships, and the idea in this series is that all of us have seen relationships that we admire or we desire. And we've seen this through a myriad of different ways. We see it through potential family members that have incredible relationships. We see it through friends that we have you know what I mean they're very relational it just seems like they've got great friendships Um, we see relationships portrayed through movies and and also different kinds of media and whenever I say different kinds of media even YouTube and and things like that but But there are relationships that we see other people having that we admire or desire. What the sad thing is, is oftentimes these relationships that we admire or desire, you know what I mean? They're sought out more after, you know, and through pop culture than they are the church. And let's just be honest. The church hasn't really done much better in the area of relationships than the world has. And if you think that we have... Open your eyes just a little bit. I challenge you in that. And so it's unfortunate that the church isn't the place where people are going and looking to have incredible relationships. And so last week we talked a little bit about this. Last week the idea I shared was that it's very important that we shoot at a target that is stable and not moving. A target is easier to hit when it's not moving. And so we live in a culture in a time where society, everything is changing. I talked about how even the definition of what marriage was, you know, 20 years ago is drastically changed today. And so culture's changing. What doesn't change is the word of God. And so as a Christian, this is your responsibility. If you say, I am a Christ follower then you, my friend, my lovely friend, my wonderful friend, cannot have a worldview whenever it comes to things like marriage and relationships. But guess what? Our churches are filled with people that call themselves Christian but say that the definition that God or Jesus himself defined whenever it comes to marriage and relationships. So we call ourselves Christ followers, but we say his definition is wrong. And there are tons of people, if you don't think there are, start having conversations with people on the very same road that you share every single week, week in and week out. You, my friend, will be surprised how many people have a worldview in the area of relationship i've heard crazy things from people that 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 sexual relationship is only uh, a chemistry it's an exchange of of chemistry and i'm like man my friend you have been serving the lord for a long time 
Do you not know, do you not read your Bible and realize that there is a spiritual connection that takes place, a transfer between one and another that takes place, but yet you're going to take that stance that it's just, it's just a biological, you know, sometimes we're too educated for our own good. It's crazy to me how people will spend tons of money to become more ignorant, and I believe in education, but we spend tons of money to literally stop thinking, to stop thinking, or to think that a textbook is more important than, than, than what God's word says. All right? All right. I dig- All right. All right. All right. So I just want you to know this, that we're talking in this series about important things. And I have, I, have, uh, I have chosen to talk about the important things out of love. Today, I'm giving you a warning. You can leave right now if you want. You will not hurt my feelings. But I am warning you, in light of my best efforts to not step on toes, you, my friend, cannot share. I cannot share. I have tried because... The, the ability for people to listen to the message that I have and not, not be reminded of the heart, which my heart for sharing this message is because I love you. But if you miss the heart of why I'm sharing it, this message has the ability to run you away from Grace Church and you'll never return again. But guess what? I'm okay with that. Because I'm not okay that you... You run away, but if you run to another church that that, that is going to be kind of kind of mess with the truth a little bit, it's like the the pastor that gets up and apologizes for taking a tithe. I'm not going to do that. There's a lot of churches that will do that. I'm not going to apologize one bit to tell you that 10%. If you call yourself a Christian, 10% of what you bring into your home belongs to God. I'm not going to apologize for that. Guys, I'm so sorry. we got to take the offering, and we got to take the tithe. And I know this is hard, and none of us like this, but hogwash, whatever that is. Right? Like, listen, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be faced and challenged. You're going to be taught with trusting God with your finances. And it's one of the hardest things that people deal with, but one of the greatest things when they begin to walk it out. And so, so anyway, my heart is for you to be healed and whole and not to hurt you. But some people are going to be hurt today. And that's not my heart. I would ask you to say this, am I hurt because what was shared? Or am I hurt because of the conviction that I feel? Because God loves me so much, he's sharing the truth of God, his truth with me. All right? So today's title is this, and I better get going. I'm only getting to the title. The title is this. If you are broken alone, you will be broken with another. If you are broken by yourself, you will be broken when you're together with somebody else. If you are broken alone, you will be broken with another. And so today, my friend, we're going to talk about being single. And to all the married people, you're like, boy, in that video that you put out, I sure wish you would have said that today was going to be about the single people because I'm married and I've got issues and I'm so excited about about this series on relationship because 
we are struggling in our relationship. And if you had you have told me that today was being about being single, then I probably would have taken today off and gotten that yard work done. Don't leave now. I gave you the opportunity to leave already. And the truth is, my friend, if statistics go as they go, if percentages go as they go, and I'm not speaking this into existence over you, but it is very likely that if you're married today, even in the church, you won't be married six years from now. And so you ought to think about what it is that we're speaking about today. I know that's super hard, but the truth is that there's not much of a difference between the world and the church whenever it comes to divorce. And that is, my, that is a very sad story to me. It's a very sad story to me. And so the thought is this. Our marriage problems, I want you to think, our marriage problems may be tied to our failures when we were single. Our marriage problems, if you're married today, it may be tied to your inability to be single properly or to handle your singleness properly. I think it's interesting that the Bible talks about the individual more than it talks about the couple. If you're doing a 10,000 foot overview, the Bible talks more about the one than it does the two. And it talks a lot about the two. Yet we go to church, and if you're not married by the age of 25 years old, I wonder what's wrong with that person. And if you reach the age of 30 and you're not married, there's something really wrong with that person. And people start talking. Can you believe that they're 30 years old? Are they okay? Why? Because marriage is the expectation or the goal. It's the key. It's the, it's the cornerstone for all relationships. And because it's the cornerstone of all relationships, what happens is, is we rush into it because it's the goal. Man, the sooner that I find somebody, the sooner that I enter into a relationship, the sooner that I, you know, I may need to date a lot of people to find the one, but the sooner that I can find the one, then my my life is going to, it's going to make sense. And so that we get there too quickly. If you don't believe me, I want you to take it all the way back. And I don't know what they play with. Maybe they still play with Ken and Barbies, but all the girls, when they were little, they just didn't have Barbies. I about fell off of that just now. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent. I'm getting there, but I better stay away from the edge. <laughs> Tina would have had to come and I know, you'd have to come and, and rescue me. But there wasn't just a Barbie. It used to probably be just Barbies, and then they introduced a Ken. And, and what happened when we were kids? Like, I'm 50. I never played with Ken and Barbies. I didn't even play with action figures because that was a boy Barbie. Anyway, if you did, I'm sorry, but... I'm glad Dana's not here. He would just squash me and wipe me out right now. But, but what do we do, man? We marry them. They're making their devotions. And then guess what? As little girls, little girls, I don't like you no more. And they get divorced and only to get remarried again. I didn't play with dolls, but let me tell you what I did do. My wife doesn't even know about this. 
I'm sharing this for the first time. <laughs> By the time I was in the fourth grade, I married every pretty girl in our school on the <laughs> playground. I didn't realize it, but back then I was for polygamy because I would marry another. I would marry another, not even divorcing the previous. And most of the time, mom, I'm sorry, but most of the time I would sneak into my mom's jewelry box and take just like a simple necklace and I would give it to that pretty girl that I just married. In fact, I was, I was at my 30-year class reunion, and one of those girls was there, and she showed me a picture. She still has a, a simple little necklace that I, had, that I had given her in the third grade. The third grade. Tell me I didn't make an impression. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so funny. But what's crazy is, is the older that we get, the pressure increases. Why? Because we've got moms and dads that are telling their children, come on, you need to find somebody. Come on, you need to find somebody. Come on, you need to find, I need some grandbabies. And so the pressure literally, while that's funny, the pressure literally increases. And sure enough, they find somebody, but they find the wrong somebody. All right. 50% of marriages end in divorce. The median duration of the first marriage is eight years. Guess what? The median duration of the second marriage, because people get remarried way too quickly, is seven years. And guess what? The third marriage, the median duration of a third marriage drops all the way down to five years. And so what happens is we condition ourselves to realize that marriage really isn't anything special. It's something that you can easily get into and easily get out of. Fourth, I guarantee it's less than that till people finally say, you know what, what's the use? Why am I going to get married in the first place? I'm just going to sleep around with everybody. I'm going to act like I'm married but have no commitments whatsoever with anybody. This is the world that we live in today, not talking about the future. This is today. And guess what? It's the same in the church. Let's not lie to ourselves. It's the same in the church. And so here we got this great relationship that we're pursuing with God, but yet doing everything completely wrong in the area of relationships. I love you very much. I absolutely love you, and that's why I'm sharing this truth with you, because I believe it can help you. Now, listen, if you, if, if you, how many of you fly a lot? How many of you ever flown in an airplane? What if the flight attendant said this? You know, they get up, and they do their whole spiel, the oxygen mat, the seatbelt. What if they said this? What if they said, what if they said, listen, we've got, thank you for flying United Airlines today. We've got a 50% chance of making it to our destination. <laughs> One out of every two of our planes just fall out of the sky. But we're hoping that this is going to be the good one. And thank you for flying. Like, let me ask you a question. How often would you fly? How important would a meeting be in the event, in the event that, you, that you had to fly? You know, like, like maybe your baby child is getting married and you're like, it's worth it. I'm just like going to... You know what I mean? I'm going to go and I'm going to cross my fingers. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to do all those things. But listen, it would change things. Yet, we just fall into marriages. 
We just kind of just, we just kind of, we just kind of, we just, we don't even think about it. It's just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting, how long have you known him? A couple months, but I love him. He said he loves me too. He doesn't love you. He doesn't love you. All right? We love the idea of being married, but we don't understand the cost of marriage. Marriage is such a strong covenant, it makes you, it, and God is for marriage, but it's interesting how God actually takes time to talk people out of it. Through the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, he said, it would be better that you stay single, just like I am. But if you're burning with lust, and, and, and you live in such a perverse world that you're just going to burn up, it's better that you get married. And guess what? When you get married, her body is not her own. If you need it, it's there for you. Why? Because of the whole lust situation, and your body is not your own. Now, listen, we've perverted so many of these things because we're, we're taking God's word, but we're not living godly. And so whenever you take God's word to apply it for an ungodly situation, it's always a mess. And we wonder why people question even becoming a Christian in the first place, because we haven't really been that great of an example. And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad at the whole situation, circumstance of things. So the truth is we become sick of being single and so we're looking to get married because we feel like marriage will solve our loneliness. And marriage will never solve your loneliness. The truth is, people are so interested in jumping from one marriage to the other, it's because they're sick of themselves. They're not happy with themselves. Why is it that they're not happy with themselves? Because they have not been single the right way. They haven't handled being single in the way that God had outlined for them to be single. And so they jump from one relationship to another because they just know that somebody out there is going to be able, you know what I mean, to, to, to make up for their shortcomings. And they're going to find their purpose in a person and not in the Lord. And time and time and time again, it's going to end in brokenness and sadness. But guess what? You would think the first time we got married and didn't learn the lesson that we would be a little bit slower to jump into relationship again, but we jump right into it headlong again, get married again, divorced again, jump right into it again. So it's like, how smart are we? Like, I am the most slow to learn person that I know, but I'm finding there are people that are slower to learn than I am. Because even after a while, I'm going to evaluate things and say, boy, I am the common denominator in this whole mess of things that they call life, and this isn't working. I wonder if something is broken inside of me. That's a good place to say amen, even if it hurts. Like the people that I'm speaking to right now, I'm not speaking to you. It's the Lord that's speaking to you. You should say amen. See, the problem is, is we try to hide the, the, the truth. We always try to present to be better instead of just saying, he's talking to me. That's me. This is me. And thank you, God, for bringing this to the surface because that means that you love me. Amen. Amen. 
So in marriage, I want you to know that there are things required of you. What is one of the main reasons for divorce in marriage? There's a lot of them, but one of the main ones is money. So this is the deal. We get married. We don't want to be an individual, but yet when we get married, what's the one thing that we fight for? Individualities. We fight. It's like, listen, I'm my own person. Man, if I wanted another mom, this was my favorite. I would say this to Tina all the time. And let me just tell you just real quick, just so you know I'm not speaking down to you. What I'm sharing with you, I didn't get anything right. I did everything wrong. I did, I didn't get one thing right. I was the individual that didn't know how to be a good individual in the Lord. And so I was always looking for relationships. So, well, pastor, what makes you think that you could teach us because I got the word of God and a whole bunch of painful experience come on the that allows me to speak to this boldly. But guess what? You don't have to learn like I learned. Right? So there's, 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 there's two things. We get married, we're striving for marriage, and then we want to fight for our individualities. I, I'm 50 years old. I'm 40 years old. I'm 30 years old. Man, I left the house when I was 17. That means I left my mom when I was 17, and I wasn't looking for another mom. We say things like that. This is my money. And I'm just kidding. This is a pet peeve of mine. You do you. I got the microphone. People that have separate accounts in their finances, I don't understand. What what that is to me is people that enter into marriage in and through a, a, a Christ definition of it, the two become one, but yet we try to live like that's yours and this is mine. There's no full commitment. I think it's the craziest thing, but you do you. Never even crossed my mind that Tina and I would have her money and my money. We share everything. So some of you are here and you're like, wow, wow. I'm married, but this is the first time that I've heard. Wow, what do I do now? Because I, you're, you're like, I didn't do single right. And I'm just saying that, that it's too late for you. <laughs> uh, it's too late. <laughs> You're going to just have to suck it up. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I'm telling you this. It's going to be a whole lot difficult, more difficult for you than it is for the person that gets this right. And I am a walking example of that, but I also stand before you today having the most incredible marriage and a marriage that is everything. But I'm telling you, it, is, it has been filled with landmines and hardships. And, um, and this is another reason, personal pet peeve, why I get so sick of people getting divorced or separating you know what I'm saying? For sissy little simple things. 
nobody has any fight in them anymore, no tenacity. What that means is, you know, back in the day, Randy, you would do business through a shake of a hand. You know what's unfortunate today, sir? You can't trust anybody. And you can't even trust the spouse that made these wonderful vows and commitments on an altar like the one that I'm standing on today. Why? Because they're not worth a darn. And that, my friend, is the truth for most. And it's sad. I'm not beaten up, not mad. I'm just angry at the situation that we're in. So if you're married, unless your wife or your spouse has committed adultery, there's no way out for you. And even with adultery, I would encourage you, my friend, to read Mark, and nobody reads their Bible, but read Mark chapter 10, starting with about verse 2, all the way through 10. The Pharisees are approaching Jesus and say, listen, they're trying to catch him in a trap. Is it okay for a man to divorce his wife? Give her a certificate of divorce. And he's like, you know, the law of Moses said, said yeah, in the in the area of immorality. But then Jesus right after that says, but, and when something has been stated that he stated and there's a but, it's like, you better pay attention to what's next. He was like, he was like, but God created from the beginning, you know, this male and female and a man shall leave his father and mother shall cling unto his wife and the two of them shall become one flesh. And so he's like, and then he goes to explain the only reason why, why Moses gave them a decree of divorce in the first place is because their hearts were hardened. And so this shows us that it wasn't even, even in the area of being unfaithful, it wasn't God's, it wasn't God's priority. Now we have people saying, well, I've, you know, I saw him look at a girl and he's just like, you know, the Bible says that if he, if he looks too long, he's committed adultery in his heart. <laughs> right? People are getting out of these relationships so quickly. And I'm just saying that even if there was adultery, it should be every single thing that you have in you to fight through and fight for that marriage, period. But we ain't got no fight. Don't clap if you're not gonna, like only clap, like that should be silent, almost silent in here. Unless of course, you're gonna be somebody that's gonna say, you know what, yeah, praise God, even if it's, you know what I mean? But let's just, let's not, like, let's let this, let's let this crock pot just simmer just a little bit because these are weighty things that we're talking about. I'll tell you when to clap if I want you to clap next time. I'm really good. I'm really good at that. I got to hurry. Divorce is a ripping away of the two that have become one. We were talking about it in our staff meeting. John, if I just had you just come up here and just say, hey, listen, man, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, the tearing away of something, it's really not that bad. Like people get in divorce all the time. Come up here and just let me rip your finger. Just, just your little finger, not even your big finger. Let me just rip your tiny little pinky finger from your body right now. First of all, I know that you would hit me and I don't want to. Let me go to <laughs> Pastor Javi. You come up here. You won't hit me. And uh, 
but it's just a little one. But do you know how that little finger caused just a little finger? And when two become one, that's half and half. You become a whole. Like that's a whole lot different than a small pinky finger with the pain and the limitations that are associated with that. But yet we jump into divorce, into marriage, and out of marriage so quickly and so easily. What I'm telling you is today, just in case I haven't made it clear, don't jump into marriage. Don't jump. It doesn't matter the pressure that you're feeling from the church. It doesn't matter. But this also means don't treat that person like you're married to them. Don't play house. Don't shack up. Right? All right. All right. Matthew twenty two thirty six. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Somebody say heart. All your soul. soul say soul. All your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39, we skip over all the time. A second is equally important. So this is the first and greatest only because it's the first. But there's another one that is equally important Love your neighbor as yourself. See, there's a prerequisite to loving your neighbor. You cannot love the stranger if you don't love yourself. And so there is a formula to follow. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. Guess what? If you don't love God, you're never going to love yourself like you're supposed to, and you cannot love another. The problem is people are entering into marriage not loving themselves. Why are they not loving themselves? Because they have not treated the single life in the way that it's supposed to be treated. Well, how's it supposed to be treated? Glad you asked. I'm going to lead you into that, and I'm going to show you here. All right? So... Some of you were like, man, I just came today hoping I could find a wife. I thought the church would be like a good place. You know what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> Was I in for something? Like she might be here, but she's not here for you now. She won't even see you. Like right now, you know what I mean? Give it a year. Give it two years as you're working on yourself. You know what I mean? You might become, you know, visible, you know, to her. And so, so when you're single, work on yourself. Find out who you are in the Lord. And then the person will appear. Number one is this. God doesn't choose the person. You do. I am so tired of hearing, I just can't wait for God to just bring me the right person. God will never choose the person for you. And I know some of y'all been lied to. And in fact, I have heard, I have heard it from people and even been able to bring correction to it a little bit. I have heard men say to women before they're married, God told me that I'm going to marry you. Well, God didn't tell her, but I don't want to, I don't want to miss God. And so guess what? They end up getting married and guess what? It doesn't work because God wasn't a part of it. See, some people manipulate prophetic word into, into causing, you know what I mean, people, other people to enter into a relationship that they have no business. It's interesting, God prophetically told you that, but the fruit that you bear doesn't even bear witness that you even know the Lord. Yeah. 
So God doesn't choose the person for you, you do. If God doesn't force your salvation, he's not gonna force your marriage. And he, he, he is a gentleman and he gives that, he presents himself. What are the two things? The, 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 the marriage between a husband and wife is directly parallel to our relationship with God. So I want you to be able to cross lines here and not just say, boy, he's talking a lot, but it really doesn't make sense. Like, like the best thing God gives us to show us what our relationship with him is supposed to be like is the relationship between one man and one woman in, in holy matrimony, in marriage, fully committed to each other. And so many believe that God will assign a person. God's going to bring a person. He's going to assign a person to over, overlook all of your shortcomings. Could you imagine being the person that has your life together because you, you've, you've learned how to be a person, you know, without another, you, you've learned to focus on God, build your relationship with him. You've, you've gone to school. You've got an education. You've been working hard. And then all of the sudden, you know what I mean? You know, God is going to assign you, you know, to make up the difference, to make up for the shortcomings in somebody else that hasn't worked on themselves. They don't even have a job. They, they don't, they, they're, they're not even, they're not, they're not, they're not educating themselves. And I'm not saying just through the school system, but they're not bettering themselves. And oh, by the way, they're not even really pursuing God, but yet God is going to take this person that's got their junk together. And, and now this person that's got their stuff together is going to make this person better. It's going to fulfill this person. My God will never do that. He will never do that. He wants you to be equally yoked, going the same direction, but being healthy as an individual before you come together. And the problem is, well, I just want you to know this. I'm going to say it out loud, not looking at anybody. <laughs> but if you're engaged, you're still single. And if you're dating somebody right now, you're still single. If you're dating several somebodies right now, you're in trouble. I like that. That's, <laughs> I like that. That was good. The problem is, is in our dating, we still act like we're married. We put all these boundaries and limitations. My friend, let me tell you, even if the wedding date is set for next week, you're still single. Boy, this preaches a whole message I ain't got time for. <laughs> but if you're sleeping with somebody because you think the commitment's already been made, it hasn't. Also, my friend, just because there's been $10,000 spent on the wedding that's going to happen next week, you're single today and you can get out of it. Because if it's the wrong person, it's going to cost you a whole lot more than $10,000. And it is not worth it. Man, pastor, it sure seems like you're against marriage. No, I am for marriage. I love marriage. God is for marriage. But I am absolutely against marriage that does not work. And church, you and I have gotten this wrong. We are not good examples of what marriage is. 
because we've ad adopted the culture of the world all the while calling ourselves Christians. I've gotten to the point where I've been like, man, I wonder if I'm just going to quit marrying people. And of course, I won't do that. I was like in a low point. But people, you know, I just, I'm just saying that we got to change it. And the reason why I'm sharing such a hard message is because I love you and I know we can change it. Number two is this. You don't need to marry somebody to reach your purpose. I got to hurry up. Everybody's looking at their watch. You don't need to marry somebody to reach your purpose. Jesus never married as much crazy things that there are out there saying he did. He never married. He never had sexual relationships with somebody. The Apostle Paul never married. Right? Number three is this. I'm going to skip ahead. Doing single right, doing the single life right is better than doing marriage wrong. And once again, doing the single life right doesn't mean that you're acting marriage by jumping from one bed to the next or being in somebody's bed that you're not married to. I want to be super clear on that. Um, you know, when, we, when God gave me the vision for this building, all I had a real vision for was just the functionality of it, how it was going to look. And, and, um, and, and, and it's exactly very similar to, to what it looks like today. I love how God brings a vision together. But guess what? When I started to meet with the engineers and the, and the, you know, the architects and everything like that, there's a whole lot that's taken place up underneath this building that will never be seen if you hadn't seen it whenever it was being put in. And I'm telling you, engineered to over-engineered, honestly, because these beams, you're only seeing about a quarter of the beam. The rest of the beam is in the ceiling. I wish I would know how much, and they go from that all the way. There was a time where those beams were just hanging out in the sky, and there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pounds. And the rebar and the, the concrete that is underneath of this place and the, the conduit runs and everything else that you'll never see with your with your eye it is there and guess what if it wasn't there this thing would come crashing down it would not be here today but when we when we marry somebody when we're looking for somebody what are we doing we're looking at the external how do they present how do they show but we don't see we don't even give it time to identify what's underneath the surface. We find out what kind of character somebody has after we said the I do's. I think you get it. I'm not going to beat it up any anymore. But I'm just telling you this, that God wants your marriage to work. Yes. Number four is this. Marriage is only as good as the individuals involved. Marriage is only going to be as good as the two individuals involved. Let me ask you a question. If they knew you like you know you, would they choose you? If the other person that you're courting knows you like you knew you, would they choose you? Imagine my surprise two years into marriage. My wife asks me, Did you use my toothbrush? I said, of course I did. <laughs> she was disgusted with me. As, and, I, and my response was, well, I've been using it for two years. 
Like when mine's too far away, hers is convenient. I'm thinking, I kiss you. I should be able to use your toothbrush. Well, she was mortified. So had we slowed down just a little bit, maybe she would have found that out about me before. But this is the thing is we all have nasty things that the person that we marry, they don't know about. Some of you and me, like I have no problem kissing my dog. I'm like, come here, little Gracie. My wife goes up the wall. She's like, how can you? And most other people go up the wall. Any dog kissers in here with me? God bless you all. All of <laughs> We got to stay together. Some people have more than a five-second rule. Some people chew with their mouth open, but they sold you by being proper whenever you took them out to dinner and chewed with their mouth closed. This is a big one. I'm telling you, at a minimum, I take one shower a day. Most days, I take two showers a day. I can't go to bed and I can't get up without taking a shower. It's just who I am. But some of y'all go five, six, seven days, and I don't get it. But when you are, when you are and, and I'm not talking just the men, like I know some girls that, 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 that you need to shower more. Because why, while body odor can definitely be stronger in a man, we smell you sometimes too. <laughs> but you find these things out as life goes on. If they knew you like you know you, would they choose you? I want you to know this, that marriage doesn't improve a person. Marriage exposes the person. See, now listen, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the things that you've been able to hide from everybody else for the majority of your life will be exposed at one point or another. You cannot live with somebody in marriage and not be exposed. In fact, I would go as far as to say this, that God gives your spouse a special anointing to find out the truth as to who you really are. You might be able to even sell it for six months, but some point in your marriage, if it's long enough, because some of us aren't married longer than six months, if it's long enough, they're going to find out who you are. So marriage doesn't improve a person, it exposes the person. And this is why, listen, being alone is so important because this gives you time to work on your character. This gives you time to grow in the Lord by yourself. I remember when Ashley graduated from high school and I told her, Ashley, this time in your life is some of the most important time. You're not married. Come on, you're single. There's going to be a time where you get married. You start having babies. You, you may get a career. You know what I'm saying? And marriage requires more of you than being single. I was like, Ashley, you can travel the world. You could go, you could work a job part-time, you know what I mean, or, or for a short period of time, six months, just tell them going into it. Six months, it's like, listen, you got me for six months. I'm gonna save some money. Go on this mission trip, go on that mission trip. 
right after this conversation, I sent her over to Uganda for, for a little over a month, like a month and a half, her and another, another gal. And they lived over there, served over there. And I said, babe, this is one of the most special times in your life. And you may not get very many years like this. Take full advantage. Grow in the Lord. Learn. Grow so that whenever you do find somebody, come on, you're going to be healthy and hopefully you don't find a dud. Don't settle for a dud. I'm talking to my, my daughter, okay? I'm telling her, don't settle for a dud. Many people, this is the thing. Listen, many people are running their race. They're running their race, man. I'm working on myself. I got to get this through this because I ain't got as much endurance as I usually do. I'm working on myself, getting educated, growing in God, doing my daily devotions, worshiping the Lord. Man, things are going incredible. And then all of a sudden, somebody catches my eye over here to the left, and I take interest in him. I stop running. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just walk just a little bit. Boy, he is good looking, or she is good looking. On the outside, this person is a dud. They haven't been working on themselves. They haven't, and I'm not saying that people are duds, kind of. <laughs> Let's just say it like this. They're not what they could be. And I am becoming what I could be. What happens is, is we stop. We allow somebody to get our attention that we have no business stopping for. They don't really have a relationship where there's fruit in it that they even know God. But boy, he's got beautiful blue eyes. They're not bettering themselves. They're not, they're not going to school. They don't even have a job. Listen, ladies, let me just tell you something real quick. The man, and if you want me to pull it out of the word, I'll be more than happy to sit down with you. But the man's mandate from God all the way back in Genesis, work the garden, till the soil, pull the weeds, work the garden, till the soil, work. And I'm going to show you something here. There's great fruit from the labor. So this person that's running, 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 this, this man that God has for you, is supposed to be teaching you what it's like to work. And oh, by the way, your offspring, your children, this man is supposed to be teaching those kids what it's like to get up and go to work every day. And guess what? There's no example of it. You know what's going to be produced? Kids that don't work. It's going to happen. But yet we do it all the time. And it's becoming more and more and more. You know what's happening? Women are becoming men because men have failed to take their responsibility on. And you, as a, as a single woman, you're going to get linked up with that, which is going to affect your, oh, I could change him. I could change, I could change. You can't change it. There's something broken. There's something broken in there. And that's, the, that's what your kids are going to be taught, is that that's Okay. Because what we say doesn't go as far as what we do. So it's like having two eggs. If I had one good egg and I had one bad egg and I'm making an omelet, 
I'm putting those two together, and guess what? That omelet's going to be rotten. But we do it all the time. Oh, I love the Lord. I, I love the Lord. First question I ask, does this guy that you're interested in love God? Well, I don't know. Or, well, he's, he goes to the LDS church, and we're not beating up on LDS people, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you that, that we never do that. We never do that. You could say he's Muslim, he's LDS, he's whatever. We never beat up on other religions. But what we are doing is we are telling you that it's very, very important that you are equally yoked. Because there's going to become a time, and it's usually at the time that you have children, where now there's going to be major conflict. Why? Because to be equally yoked with somebody means that you are pulling together, you're working together, you're sharing the load. But if you get off on the wrong foot and he's going one way and she's going one way, you're never going to accomplish the things that are meant to be accomplished. My goodness, I got I to gotta go. I got to go. So there's uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1. For everything, there's a season, a time for every activity in heaven. Time to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to harvest, time to kill, time to heal, time to tear down, build up. Number four, time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. Verse 6, a time to search and a time to quit searching. Sometimes people are so stinking thirsty for relationship, they don't know when it's time to quit searching and just work upon themselves. Some people are so occupied looking for their Boaz, they're going to settle for Bozo. And, uh, and they want... They want a Proverbs 31 woman, which if you study that out, this is an independent woman that is taking care of business by herself. And you want that Proverbs 31 woman, but you're not, you're not a Boaz yourself. You're not, you know what I'm saying? So you want this incredible thing to make up the difference for your lack. And this is the world that we live in today. And oftentimes we go to the wrong places looking for the right person, and that will never happen. And in fact, looking at some Instagram, looking at some Instagram and Facebook pages, it's amazing to me how thirsty some of these young women are, and even older women, because they leave no need for an imagination into what they show so they will post a wonderful scripture and then the next post is a very revealing booty shot or or a uh, a, a leaned over shot and it really really just confuses a lot of people and oh by the way make some of our young men stumble and fall as well and and none of those people are here right now um, so we will pray we will pray for them but uh um, so I'm, I'm closing, I think, and, um, I'm closing, I'm closing with this number five, the enemy knows distraction or destruction often comes through distraction. If you're single, I really want you to ask the question because it's the time to ask the question is the relationship that I'm involved with right now, is it worth my time? Because many things that we desire only end up being a waste of our time and robbing and stealing from us. Not saying all the time, 
but some of the time it does. So it deserves to at least ask that question. And I'm not trying to split anybody up here today. In fact, I think that, uh, I think that it's a wonderful thing when a man finds a woman. And it's a wonderful thing when a woman finds a man. And God doesn't want us to be alone, but it's interesting that whenever we, you know, even when Adam, you know, was created, it's not good for man to be alone. We, we, we define alone as being lonely. And I'm just telling you this, that you can be alone by yourself, but not lonely. We need to create more space for friendships, deeper friendships and, and people to do things right. That's why I loved our identity one nine classes because while it always didn't work for us, Matt, you know this, that some people had wrong motivations in that, but there were other young people, young men and women that literally would call out other young men and women whenever there were wrong motivations. And they would say, they would, they would, they would police themselves. They would say, this is not for that. And even though there was a lot of wonderful marriages that came out of that, there was some working on self before the marriage and there was a whole lot more and like i said it wasn't perfect but but it was it was very very powerful first corinthians seven thirty five is this i'm saying this for your benefit not to place restrictions on you i want you to do whatever will help you to serve the lord the best and so the idea is serving the lord here and then it goes on to say with as few distractions as possible we need to get rid of the distractions. And a lot of times the enemy will use, will cause destruction through distractions. So if you're single, I want you to be encouraged, focus on God and perfect what he has put in your hands because the result of not spending the proper amount of time with God and proper amount of time on yourself is gonna, it's, it's gonna equal one thing and that is brokenness in your relationships, not just your marriage, but other relationships as well. And so today, my friend, I love you. That is my word. I hope that you are reminded of the heart in which I give it. I don't want to hurt anybody. But if nobody is going to be talking about these things, then what's going to happen is we are going to continue to do the same things over and over and over and over again. And this is the truth. Whether you've been married and divorced five or six times, it does not matter. It does not matter. What matters is what happens today and what happens in your singleness for the rest of your life. Or if you choose to marry again, going into it being healthy and whole. Amen. That's what God wants to do. And uh, if you're married once again, I promise you this, it, it's a little bit more painful, but God can help you to become the individual, the healthy person that you are to become to serve your wife, to serve your husband. And it's just a little bit more difficult. But guess what? Difficult. We know difficult, right? We know this. We know the hardships. We can do it. Plus, God says, I'll be with you the whole way. Let's stop jumping into marriage and jumping out of marriage like it's a swimming pool. In Jesus' name. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. 
We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church. 